Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm good. Matt, I see you rocking the Notre Dame polo. I got to ask, how do we feel about this weekend against Ohio State? Great. Um, great college football weekend if you're into that. I know different parts yeah. of the country are really into it. So yeah. um, living in Western New York, they're not really into college football, but we're still rocking right. the polo here. Um, great weekend. Great fall weekend. Fall's been elite, to use your word, in, Has in the Northeast. Been. It's been about Has 70 been. and sunny, it feels like, every day. So very nice yeah. September. Um so we're, we're excited about the game and looking forward to sitting down and watching it on Saturday night. I will tell you, Team Biley already got in the annual apple picking. It's already done. Oh, Apple crisp has already been made. September 22nd, it's already done. Um, will we go again? Probably, but we already crossed off the list. Did you get pumpkins? Not yet. That is happening okay. in a week or two. Of course, we do have our fall. We do have our fall mums, though, for what it's worth. Uh, it's mum season, yes, but it's officially mum season. You get the pumpkins now. They might not be good for for old trick or treating on the thirty first. We're still we're still forty ish days away, right? You know, the issue too is we have a little bit of a squirrel problem where I live, and even if I spray them or I put like the barricade around them, like the repellent, repel all, whatever it is they still find a way to get through. So my takeaway is you're not smarter than the squirrels yet. I am not. I am not. <laughs> We've lived here probably five years now. I am not smarter than the squirrels who live in our neighborhood at all. But um, yeah, man, fall is elite. At time of taping this, we are in a great time of the season or time of the year. Weather's great. It's sunny, but still kind of fallish. Fantastic. So what do you say, man? Want to get to the show? Matt, I want to talk about if it's ever okay to miss your goal in sort of how to have that secondary goal or accomplishment that you set with your goal. And I want to talk about where this came up and, and sort of where my logic is and then where I've also heard it in talking to different prospects and clients over the last couple of weeks. Matt, I'm thinking through sort of a, a physical goal, right? You want to lose 20 pounds this upcoming year or in the gym, you want to be able to do X lift for X number of reps, whatever it might be, right? You want to bench... 135 pounds for five reps, right? Whatever it might be. By the time your goal comes, you can only do it for three. Does that mean you straight up failed? Or Matt, do we need to look at it as, yes, I didn't hit that goal, but let's look at all the positives that we did hit. And Matt, where I see this as a struggle in staffing and recruiting, especially in the marketing space, is we hit a goal. We want to smarkle. So we want 50 more welding applications by October 1st. Well, Brad, we only got 47. 
Does that mean we failed or does that mean that we had some sort of residual goal that we did accomplish? Matt, what do you think? I, I think we could probably write a book on this. I feel like this probably. is this is in-depth. Motivation 101? I don't know about motivation. It's just, I'm trying to figure out where to go here. Um, I think it depends on how you look at it. I think it's personal preference. It's you wanted 50 more leads, you got 47. Some people would say you failed. Some people could say, was that the right goal, you know, or when you look at a personal like exercise goal, was your goal to run a six minute mile or is your goal to run four to five days a week? And if you're working towards that, then it's different. But in the business sense, you know, it's there's, but there's also so much that goes into it. I, I feel like I'm talking, literally talking myself in a circle because we're in 2023 here, you know, there's some. I don't know the name. I mean, there's tons of different leaders out there, but talk about they don't set five-year goals. They barely set three-year goals because things change. Go back to the beginning of 2023. The market's changed a ton in nine months. It's going to change a bunch in the next nine months. It's impossible to predict. So did you fail? I guess so. Um, if we're grading on a curve, maybe you got a B minus. But um, right, 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 <laughs> so right. that's where I'm really stuck with this. I think it being personal makes a ton of sense. Um, and, and maybe where I started thinking through this and, and you and I have had the conversation before of not really knowing how to reward ourselves when we make an accomplishment or when we hit a goal. And it's almost like you reach that goal and it's a sigh of relief instead of a accomplished feeling, right? Like we wanted 50 more applications by October 1st. There's a sigh of relief that we did it. And there's never a, holy crap, we did that. And we're all excited about it. And, and that I think is a, a global struggle and something that we just got to figure out. But as I was sitting here thinking through it, okay, yes, we set very, very defined goals. We want to achieve X, whether it's in your life, financial, your health, your business, whatever it might be. I also think we need to be okay within reason of falling short of that goal and saying, listen, yes we did not hit the goal of 50 welding applications by October 1st, but here's what we did achieve. We hit 45. We hit these types of impressions on our collective applications or on our job listings. We had this much visibility and brand lift across the last month. Look at all of these things we did. So yes, or I guess, no, we did not get 50, but we did this. And, and Matt, maybe it just comes down to painting the right story painting the right picture, and then also having the courage to say, listen, here's our goal. Here's what we tried to achieve by a smart goal. And yeah, we fell short, but we have the courage to accept it and keep it moving. I think it's the courage to accept it. You know, you had a good plan. Yeah. Did you execute the plan? Yeah. Are you staying on top of it? I mean- It's a good point. Unless, And then also, unless you really, really know what the goal is, it's, it's, it's an educated guess. Like- Sure. Cause I'm sitting from the recruit marketing seat. You wanted 50 welder applications for a job. Let's just say wherever in Buffalo, New York, maybe in West Seneca, a nice small suburb of the Buffalo area, which I can never find on a map. Was 50 applications even possible? Right. Like, right. Was that possible? So that's where I literally struggle mentally with this. And it probably comes down to personal preference, management, leadership preference, company preference. Like if we're working for a fortune 50 company and we have shareholders to meet, yeah, your feet are getting held to the fire. Gotta if you don't goal. meet, if you don't meet the dividend, but 
you're at a small business, smaller, mid-size, which probably a lot of our, our listeners are, because that's um, where we are in the industry. You did the best you could. You had a really good thought process. You're probably going to get some grace here. Um, as long as you just didn't, you know, needed those 50 applications, you only got two and we got a problem. So that's where I'm, I, I, that's where my head's at when we talked about this before and I didn't share, we didn't share our takes at all on this one actually. So, um, that's where I think that's what I would do. I I think you made an, an important note of saying we didn't hit our goal, but what did we learn from it? Was the goal too big? Was the number off? What did we learn? Did we have the right strategy to reach that goal, right? So if the goal was 50 welding applications by October 1st, were we checking in weekly? Were we checking in daily to see if we would hit that number? Just like you would with a financial or a health goal, whatever it might be. If if you want to run a marathon this time next year, what are you doing every month, every week to inch yourself closer to being able to reach that goal? So Matt, I, I think you're, you had a really good point in saying we didn't hit the goal, but what did we learn? And I think if there's that debrief after every sort of initiative with your business, well, then it's all good, right? It's all positive. Even if you miss your goal, you're still learning, right? So if you're not succeeding, you're not winning, then you're learning, which is still a win. At Haley Marketing, I think we do a good job with that. Our co-CEOs are always like, okay, you know, did we meet the goal? Did we not meet the goal? What's the lesson learned? We, I mean, we've heard David and Vicky say lesson learned countless times, which is great. So it's in my mindset, I'm sure it's your mindset a little bit of, okay, you know, what you're doing on a daily, monthly, annual basis has a goal, but what are the lessons you're learning throughout that duration to continue to improve and help and just continue to get better? Yeah. Friends, if you're listening, maybe you are are more of a well-off, I don't want to say motivational speaker, somebody that's inspirational, right? Matt and I are, are trying to get to this point of, is it okay whether or not you missed your goal? If you have some thoughts, we'd love to know what you think. You could share them with us on LinkedIn. We'd we'd love to bring you on in an upcoming episode to hear what your thoughts are as it relates to your staffing and recruiting business. If you fall short of your goal, is it okay? Is it still a win? Is it all right to accept, hey, we learned from this? Or are we always pushing for that number? And if we don't hit the number, well, then we didn't hit the number. Matt, let's talk about pay-per-click advertising. You wanted to bring PPC to the show? I have one angle that I want to take with with scaling PPC. What do you think? You want to start there? So friends, I think as an industry, we are in a bit of a challenging dilemma. Um, And this is not just for Haley Marketing clients. This is for individuals that I've talked with throughout the industry, right? Matt and I have the opportunity to go to numerous conferences. We're a part of numerous groups and, and masterminds and LinkedIn communities Matt, as I look at pay-per-click advertising in this industry and even outside the industry, which is why I brought it here, is I noticed something outside of staffing and recruiting. I feel like as a whole, we're looking at one sort of PPC budget and we're staying within that budget and we're moving things within the budget instead of saying, you know what, this is working, throw more gas on the fire so that it works more. And we're not necessarily looking at, okay, across our strategy, And Matt, this is probably even a bigger conversation than PPC. Across what we're doing to drive applications, to drive job orders, we are doing, we're running five PPC ads. This one is producing the most leads. This one is not. Well, then kill that one and move the budget here or scale this budget, 2X it, 3X it, whatever it might be, 
because it's working and lean into what's working. Matt, I, I, I sort of had this epiphany of if it's working, why are we okay with just accepting that? Why are we not doubling down, tripling down on it and making it work more? What do you think? Yeah, we should. That's segment two. <laughs> segment two. On the segment three. Yeah. If you're pay-per-click advertising, there's actually a couple ways we can go with this. One, yes, I agree. Um, Perfect. If something's working, do more. And it probably comes down to, are you seeing the ROI from that? And we we should define what what's working means. Is it is it going back? Actually, tying in segment one. Um, what are the goals of this pay-per-click campaign tactic strategy? Is it candidate applications? Is it client leads? Is it downloads, email signups? You know, if and then if you're seeing that ROI directly, you obviously should do more than that. And that's where maybe we should focus is are we seeing a, a financial monetary ROI on that? So if it's working well, um, do more of it and we can build off your initial point. So so with any sort of marketing, we need a goal. We need to know what the heck we're trying to achieve. Otherwise, we're just doing stuff and what's the point of that in the first place, right? So if our PPC goal is to drive leads or yield more impressions, uh, you know, grow that brand and have some brand lift across Facebook or, or Google's advertising platform, Aaron Helms on our PPC team will kill me if I don't say the Bing advertising platform right now. But if we're not elevating the brand lift, right, if that's a goal, whatever it might be, keyword buys, we want to rank for very, very deliberate keywords. We need to know what the goal is. But Matt, where I want to challenge our listeners is as you're looking at your dashboard for the month, right? And this is a great time to drop this episode. We're looking at leaning into Q4. If you found something that absolutely undeniably worked in Q3, why would you keep it as is. Why would you sort of just accept, hey, it worked, let's keep it running, keep it moving, instead of saying this worked, let's do more of it. Matt, perfect example. Let's let's knock PPC out of the way. Video on LinkedIn, right? I've been talking to you about how video on LinkedIn I don't think is working, right? I drop videos on LinkedIn and I know you're you're going to pull up the numbers real quick. I can see you typing away on on my screen here. Matt, I dropped a video on LinkedIn the other day. I thought it was one of my best takes on insights in quite a while. I think it was seen by 300 people, 400 people. I'm connected with maybe 12,000 people on LinkedIn. Okay. So one, maybe the take wasn't that good. Or two, maybe LinkedIn doesn't care about video content. Matt, you dropped a two sentence text post, maybe three. What was it? Four. Uh, four. Four sentences. Okay. And how many, how many impressions did that four sentence post get? So it had 6,988 impressions, which I am stunned at because I haven't checked it for two days and it's pretty much doubled. Right. Um, so, so Matt, do more that to me, that to me is saying, listen, Brad, video is not working on LinkedIn right now. And I'm not ready to concede that argument. Okay. But I'm just going to say for, for sake of this conversation, video on LinkedIn, at least that video did not work. That style of video did not work. Matt, based on the data, and this isn't just a one post data, we've seen this before text posts are working on LinkedIn. So when you look at your October social strategy for yourself, what are you going to do more of, Matt? What makes more sense for you? I'm going to do more text posts that have timely content because the text post was about New York State now requiring ranges on on your jobs. Um, I was stunned. I was stunned at what happened. And... I was shocked by the number too. You texted me the number um, the other night. We were, I think it was Thursday night while the football game was on maybe. 
And I was, I gasped. His 38 reactions, it's that we're going to have 7,000 impressions over. I just wanted to provide some value, which, you know, we're going to, we're going to pivot this segment here a little bit and maybe the video, and this is a take, I don't know if we're going to go down, we could go down here or not. Maybe there's video fatigue. I dropped the bombshell on Brad. His, his wheels are turning, but where I'm coming with this is your video could be well-produced, could be really nice, could be a good take. There's literally video everywhere. I go to Instagram. I go to Facebook. I don't have TikTok, but it's all over TikTok. Obviously, YouTube's a little bit different style, but your LinkedIn was like a reel, and there's similar style content everywhere. You could have had a really well-produced, good video content that fits what that audience wants. Maybe we're just scrolling past it. So I, I can catch that wave. And for the listeners, maybe we have four segments on this show, but stick with us. I can catch that wave. I think LinkedIn is a challenging platform right now. I don't think LinkedIn or its users know what the heck they should be doing on LinkedIn. Matt, LinkedIn right now, I've said it a few episodes ago, LinkedIn is a glorified MySpace. People are posting more personal stuff on LinkedIn than business. I feel like the stuff that gets engagement is more personal driven than business, which is okay, right? It is what it is. But I don't think users or the platform know, should we post slide shares, text posts, video, infographic, an image of me and my son? Should I post whatever, a work anniversary? I don't think users know what they're going to get when they go to LinkedIn. When I log on to Instagram and I click on the Reels icon, I know I'm going to get video. When I go to TikTok, I know I'm going to get video. When I go to Facebook, I know I'm going to get garbage and a bunch of ads. I know what to expect. Twitter, Matt, I don't go on Twitter anymore. I I do. I hate Twitter. It is. I, I don't understand it anymore. But but again, same thing. I don't know what I'm going to get, right? So I think your point there of are we are we inundated with video? Maybe if we don't know it's coming, you will spend people spend hours on TikTok, hours on Reels because they're in this sort of wave of this is what I want to do for the next 20 minutes. I don't know if maybe people are doing the same on LinkedIn. To tie to the beginning of the segment, it's it's do more of what's working. And with your with your budget, with your content strategy, 80, 90% probably should be what you're doing, what's working well. And there has to be a test element as well, whether it's type of content, when you're posting, the strategy, the tactic, um, to continue to test it, it's evolving. Like this uncoordinated experiment between Brad and I this week, very like he posted his content, I posted mine. We didn't think this was going to happen, but um being this is what we do every day. Just looking at it, it jumped out to say, wow, this is, this is something's going on here. Um, cause my post wasn't that great. It was just, Hey, New York state has salary. Post stunk. It, it didn't <laughs> stink, but it wasn't, you know, something amazing. Thank you very much. No, it, was good. it was good. But it's like, Hey, New York state has, um, salary law requirements. Now make sure you're doing this. Have a nice day. Basically is what it said. Yeah. Um, it was helpful, right? Yes. And, and that at the end of the day is what LinkedIn is for. You, I would say 90% of the people you're connected to are in staffing and recruiting. So that update matters to them. It was timely. It was important. It was quick hitting. It didn't require me to click a link and read a blog article. It didn't require me to watch a 45 second video. It was, Hey, this is happening. Here's what you need to be aware of. And here's what you need to do. Keep it moving. So Matt, honestly, I love that kind of content. So it was a it was a great post. And I'm joking saying your content stunk. It was actually a really, really good post because it was short to the point. 
and it got in and got out. How do we wrap this up here? You want to take that segment on any other tangents? No, I'm done with tangents for today. That was a good one, man. And it was unexpected. I know we started talking about PPC. We got into really content on LinkedIn. Matt, I got one more that I want to talk about. Um, And I'm interested to know your thoughts on this. Um, And I know we texted a little bit about it today, this morning, right before the show. And it's a last minute segment. I feel like I'm getting bribed more frequently to have a meeting. And I want to know what you think about it. One, as a sales tactic. And two, I want to know your number. So friends, here's here's what's happening. Because everyone has a number, Matt. And that's that's what I'm getting to. So friends, lately in my inbox, and this is just this week, I've had three different companies reach out. I'm not going to name them. Who have wanted to meet with me. Um, so I'm Haley Marketing's director of social. So on LinkedIn, very you know blindly looking, you can see that I am, or I'm director of digital. You can very clearly see that I'm involved in uh, digital marketing. A lot of what I talk on is social media. You can see that clearly from my profile. So three different companies in that space have reached out. One offered me a Yeti mug to have a conversation. One offered me an Amazon gift card for, I think it was $20 to have a conversation. And one offered me um, cheese and wine to have a conversation. Matt, I did not take any of the meetings. Um, one, I don't know any of the companies, nor am I interested in what they were trying to sell. On the bribe side of things, um, I don't drink. I don't really care for cheese. So that was off. That bribe didn't count. Um, Amazon, I use way too much. So that actually probably would have been helpful. And the Yeti mug, I have more than enough cups. Matt, it feels to me though, like there might be a playbook that was released into the wild of bribe your prospects with low budget items and hope for the best. And, and Matt, I, it's not working for me. Would it work for you? I said no more tangents. I don't think we'll have tangents. Um, I've received the offers, not as many as you recently. There was one for, oh, it was $50 or something. I should do some inter- some uh, email search here. Um, would it work for me? I think what we're seeing, the answer is maybe. The number's got to be bigger than $25 because- Right, right. You know where I'm going with this. I do, and I know what you're going. What we're seeing, maybe, since we're remote, this is the free lunch. It's a good take. That's a good take. Since, because we've all received the emails, hey, coffee on me. Now the right. stakes are getting raised where it's been, oh, I'll door dash you something right, or, right, you know, right. here's a gift card for your team. Right. So now it's starting to increase where it's, oh, $25. And I mean, everything costs more. So maybe just natural right. wage increase. But um, that's where I think this is, this, this felt like to me when you talked about, yeah. when you said originally, I'm like, there's no such thing as a free lunch because yeah, there's, here's the Yeti. Where's my pitch right. or get bread. And now I get, apparently he has to get a Stanley now instead of a Yeti. <laughs> right, 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 right. And he may have taken, right. may have taken the, the video meeting, right. but that's what it feels like. That's um, a good thought. but to really put a thought into this, the product, the pitch, the offer has to meet the pain point. Right. That's, Probably what, unless it's some crazy offer, like um, you think about when you go, if you've been to Disney World, you go to Disney Vacation Club meetings, it's like, oh, I'm just here for the fast passes. Like people aren't going there to get into their timeshare. So 
is the offer one meeting a pain point? And then the other side of it is, is it too high for me to ignore? Like if somebody told Brad, they're going to give him a $250 Amazon gift card, he's probably jumping on the call. So I, I jokingly texted Matt and said, maybe I should take these calls and start fueling up on stocking stuffers, right? Like wine, a Yeti, a gift card. That's three stocking stuffers. That's three family members who I can cross off the list. Matt, I, I think you have a good, a good point in one. Do I have that need? Right? What are the, what are you trying to sell me? Does it relate to what I do and the current challenge I have? For these products, the answer was no. The offer it would have been robbery, right? If the offer was big enough and I took the meeting just for the sake of the meeting because I I didn't have the need for that product. Two, and I I understand who I am and where I am, right? But that value wasn't worth my time. And I think that that's important too, right? If I'm going to have a 30-minute prospect call with a company that I don't know, that has to be worth my time because that's pulling me off of 30 minutes plus, let's call it an hour. Once you prep, you get in, you have the outro, whatever it might be, an hour of, of Haley time. That's a lot that I could be doing. So that's got to be worth it. Matt, I, I, is it the new, let me get you lunch? Maybe. The challenge is, is if everybody's going to start doing this, or if everybody already is doing this, your your proposition has to be better than another cup that no one needs, or a gift card that no one wants, or the wine and cheese was clever. I'll I'll give you that, but you clearly don't know me to to offer me that. Um, and that's a concern. Right? Like what if instead, Matt, and, and maybe we kind of go down this tangent, like what what gift would I want? Right. I it's not hard to see that you like Notre Dame. So what if it was like, hey Matt, can I send you a large hoodie in exchange for a conversation? Or, you know, looking at a prospect's Twitter feed or looking at a prospect's LinkedIn and seeing what they're involved with and having a one-to-one reach out, instead of just saying, like, hey, let me send you a fifteen dollar or let me pick up your DoorDash on Friday in exchange for this meeting. Make it personalized. Find out who these people are. Find out who your prospects are. What is the value of a new client to you? Put in the time to actually get the meeting. It almost feels, Matt, to me, like we're just we're 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 almost shotgun approaching it, right? We're throwing out this wide net of, hey, let's let's send out the offer of 500 Amazon cards, knowing that only one or two people are going to get it. Instead, what if we took the time to send out 10 really good offers that say, Brad, Brad, we know you love the Buffalo Bills. So great. Here's a little pack that we can send you. All I ask for is 30 minutes of your time. Oh, and by the way, we'll throw in a couple, you know, two t-shirts for your son because we we, you know, did a little bit, bit of research and we know about him too. Like that that doesn't feel that hard to me, Matt. It's got to be good research because I've gotten offers for my high school for some random reason. I don't know why. I don't even know if it's in my LinkedIn profile. I've gotten offers say, "Hey, go Bills." No. I live in Buffalo. I get it. I got to go Jets the other day. Like, so the automation is there. It's, you got to, you have to really, really connect with someone. This is, I know where this goes down. The networking, researching, prospecting, there's the word, prospecting really, really well. Um, And that's, it it seems, I like the way you said the playbook's out because it's happening too much. Like before it was just, LinkedIn and mail messages. Now it's starting to be some kind of automated personalization to 
to do this. And now the offers are coming out. So um, I stand by the thought of it has to go back to that, that pain point, that offer. And everything that's coming out is nothing that I want. I mean, it's just B2B research. Like they're cold calling me by saying, hey, we talk to me. Here's a, here's a, here's um, something for your time. So that's where I'm at with that. I think we talked through that one pretty good. I do too. Friends, if, if you're going to try that approach, I don't disagree with the approach. We just need to make it worthwhile. We need to make it worthwhile for anybody in anything we do. That's marketing 101. If it's not worthwhile, you have my attention for the wrong reasons. And I'm going to move on. You good on this one, Matt? I'm good. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us. You can tweet us at Haley Marketing. Let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. Be sure you tell them that Insights sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar. This is Brad Biley. See you next time.